Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Again, and welcome to another episode of the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful British Columbia. If you're listening to this show on the podcast, this is episode 240. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And it's just a pair of us again this week. Hopefully, Zach will be back joining us next week, but. And in some ways, it's maybe just good as the two of us, Steve, because we've got a lot to get through. And I'm hoping to try and maybe do a bit of a shorter show this week because Whitecaps are back in pre-season on Monday. Yeah, bright and early. Early start. I'm not good at getting my ass out of bed that early, so need to maybe wrap this up a little bit early. But every time I say that, we go on past one o'clock. So let's see where this show takes us. But we're going to talk about all the big Whitecaps news of the week, all the big MLS news of the week. Play some music, talk about some of the other football headlines from around the world, jam-packed stuff. But as always, we're going to kick it off with the week's Whitecap news. And I I guess the biggest news that that came out of this week, Steve, was the the two draft picks. Another another couple of new faces for the Whitecaps. Yeah, um, obviously uh, both, um, the the two early picks were both fullbacks. The first one was Justin Fittis from Washington. Second, Lucas Stouffer from, I think, Creighton, was it? Yep. Creighton. See, I say, I say Creighton because that's just how it's, we pronounce it's, it. It's Creighton in the way I think they yeah. pronounce it. Uh, uh, like we said, both fullbacks. Justin can play both right and left, but yeah. he's no, considered a left back. Both 22 years old as well. Yeah, played four years. And uh, Stouffer is, is, is a right back, but I think can play a little bit in the midfield if needed um, once in a while. Yeah, that. To me, they're, they're both quite exciting signings, and I think they're going to offer a lot to this squad, and we definitely need to get a backup right back, someone to challenge Jake Nerwinski. On the left side of the field, Marcel de Jong, Brett Levi's there already, but again, somebody like Fittis to come in and, and possibly challenge there. But what I like about both these guys is that they do seem to have a, a lot of potential to them. Whether either or both of them will make it onto the MLS roster this year obviously remains to be seen. You, ha- you have to think Fidesz has probably kind of got the the best chance of that. But in saying that, I like a lot of what Stauffer kind of brings to the table. Came had some experience over in Europe, 
had some spells in Holland, had a spell in Denmark as well, played futsal, spent some time with the American futsal team, won some, some medals in that, apparently has got some really good skills in that. Fittest, really fast. Fastest guy at the combine. Fastest guy at the combine. Also ran a 40-yard dash in August when the NFL combine was on. And the time that he posted for that was the same as what starting wide receivers were posting. So that kind of yeah. shows you the speed that he's got. Yeah, 4.37 in a 40 is considered pretty fast for yeah. receivers. So, some of the feedback on Fittis so far is that maybe some of his technical skills are lacking, but he makes up for that in speed. Stoffer, not so fast, but has the technical skills. So I'm, I'm interested to see how they kind of play out this year in the draft. But this is the fifth straight season that the Whitecaps' first pick has been a defender. From 2014, when Christian Dean was picked, you've had Tim Parker, you've had Cole Seiler, you've had Jake Nerwinski, now you've had Justin Fiddis. So that well that the Whitecaps like to keep going to, it's wet their palate for, for another season. And if it's not broken, like why try and fix it? I, I think going for a defensive player seems to be the way that the Whitecaps have successfully managed these, this draft the last couple of seasons. Yeah, it's, it's a safer pick. Um, because, uh, whether it's it, general idea is that the, the draft, it's, uh, the college ranks, they don't have the t- more technical players, uh, because they, they usually don't go to college. They'll sign right away with pro. Um, you won't have the high end talent. So you get the players that are playing there four years. They basically have developed skills. They've had a little bit of time, more time to mature and usually defenders and, uh, are are the ones that 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 are the ones that that get that time and are able to develop that defending ability. Um, and it it makes sense that you and uh, you we see it with other players that were drafted too. They were all seemed to be forwards. Christian Dean in, uh, back in the day was one of them, and he would he, w- he was basically uh, put back on uh, as a wing back or as a, a central defender or something like that. Yeah, so many guys that are, are coming out of college just now do seem to have started off as a forward. Um, but yeah, Stoffer also seems to have quite a lot of uh, offensive ability to him. So we had a chance to speak to, to Fiddis and Stoffer on Friday. A bit disappointing in a way because only myself and JJ Adams from the province were on the call. So I mean, that's disappointing. You've got your draft picks coming in and no one in the local media cared enough to speak to them, but Robo was there as well. So we brought that full conference call out as one of our extra podcasts on Friday. If you want to hear that, some really good chat on that. You can subscribe to that for just $3 a month or $30 for the year. Robo as well had some interesting things to say. I'm going to bring you a little bit of what Robo had to say just now. Now, Carol, obviously Jordan's moved on. You've got Marcel and Brett Levi's in the left-back spot. How how do you see Justin fitting into this? Is he there to to kind of be a backup? Would you maybe see him going down to to Fresno to to get some time this year? No, the, he'll be in with, with us in preseason. You know, we he can play right and left back. I think having the flexibility to play both is excellent, and that's certainly what he's got. So it'll be down to him. You know, Brett Levi's not played in a year. Uh, I, the only recognised left back I've got is Marcel. Depend on the shape I play, the system I play, then, you know, if Marcel plays as a centre back, then we're looking for that type of, of player on the left. So uh, it'll be down to Justin, it'll be down to him, what he does. Um, but as I said, I'm really excited um, to show what he can bring to the table and we'll get a good look at him in pre season. 
Carol, can I just ask you uh, about Lucas? What what is it that that you liked in him? Obviously, another defender. He seems to have a, a bit of pace as well. Going for two defenders, you seem to have had a, a lot of success going with defenders in the draft the last couple of seasons. We we, we have, and we've analysed all our drafts that we've had, and you know maybe the, the defenders aren't that so pleasing on the eye as the as the forward players or the wide players. And this draft was an example of one or two players that are already turned dropping down, and that always happens. So you have to go with you know it's not just one factor that comes into play; it's a number of factors. And, when you get to speak to the guys, um, first impressions, interviews are really important. You know, Lucas, I sat down with him. Uh, he had an unbelievable interview. He was engaging. He wanted to learn. You could see he was genuinely uh, on board with what I was trying to say to him. Um, and my job and my coach's job is to teach. And you've got to coach these boys. And it'll be down to the players to see how quickly they can take it on board. And the quicker they can, obviously, it'll be the quicker they find a pathway through to the through to the first team. Um, but as I said, the hard work starts now for the two boys. It really does. Um, but I've got really good character guys. As I said, it's, you know, the interviews tell you a lot. Uh, and they were both engaging and both wanted to learn, which is what you want from really young players. So some good stuff from Robo there as to why he went for the guys that he wanted. I, again, he got the guy that he wanted. It's miraculous. Yeah, well, no, you hear that from every player. <laughs> I know, every, I'm every, being, being facetious. Every sport, every draft, you'll hear that, that. I can't believe that guy made it all the way down here. He Although, did actually comment about that when he when he came back for his first chat of the year. He said, you, you always hear the coaches saying they got the guy they wanted because that's just what we do. Yeah, so. no, no, but Fidesz was uh, in the mock drafts, um, which obviously nobody knows what's going on. They kind of have a general idea, but nothing real serious. Um, the, the He was all the way up, I think, at 10 for one in them, and then yeah. he was down to 20. They were surprised one, so. he fell the, the way that he did. But we'll oh. talk a little bit more about those first two rounds in part three when we have our MLS section. But another new white cap was added today. A Kiwi. Yeah, the, the draft that the world forgot. I didn't even know it was on today. I had no idea too. I, I woke up and then I was just on Twitter and I saw a, a tweet saying, oh, the third and fourth rounds are at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern. And I was like, what? Today? It, sh- it shows how important this draft is when people are constantly passing. I think... Yes, a lot of teams pass. It was the 10th pick, I think. It was the first one. That was RSL, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, well, actually, no, RSL passed before that. I think they passed in their third or fourth pick today as well. No, no, yeah, but... They, they had but, two picks in the third I know, round and but, they passed but the, both. They, the first one was the 10th overall pick and they passed that one. That was the first... Well, I could be mistaken. Whatever the case, it was really early when yeah. they passed. <laughs> but the, the White Caps had the 62nd overall pick and they went for Corey Brown. New Zealand centre-back, and, I mean, it's a he pig was, and a poke at, at this he, stage. He was highly rated yeah. early on in the, uh, before, in the preseason. Yeah, he's only 21. Yeah. He's a Kiwi, Xavier University. He's played at under-17 and under-20 level. He's a wee little lad, though, yeah. for a centre-back. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's played in two World Cups, though, for New Zealand, so he's obviously yeah. a talent, 5'9", so he is quite small for a centre-back. But, but if he's got the hops and he's got the, you know, he's stouty and everything like that, he could make it. He could be our uh, Tim yeah. Hickson. Heading into the, the his senior season, yeah. Top Drawer Soccer actually had him rated the 13th best player in college soccer. Yeah, their final one, it was, uh, for the people draft eligible, it was a 36 or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. So still highly picked. I, I do feel, though, that his international status is what went against him. It's a bit like Callum Irving a couple of drafts ago. Yeah. Very highly rated, again, by top drawer soccer as well. But no one picked him, and he just he wasn't selected through any of the four rounds because he's Canadian, wasn't going to count as a homegrown, wasn't going to count as a domestic. So folks just passed on him. 
And that is the problem that these guys have. If you're not a top-level pick, yeah. it's really going to be tough for, well, for teams I, to take an international spot. I was it. looking at previous drafts, and if you're not picked in the first couple rounds, you're basically done. Yeah, It doesn't seem like you have very much of a future. So we'll see what happens with him. He could be like a – he could obviously he's going to be in Fresno all year. No, um, not necessarily. I think he will be, yeah. but not necessarily. Mm. You never know. They if, might if, not sign David Edgar yeah, or if a fifth centre-back and just then, want him on the books. But then you've got another international spot you've got to find for him, and I don't think they want to do that no, for I think he will pick. be. I think he will be in Fresno yeah. if he even makes the grade, but I think I think they'll have a look at him. Let's see who has a better Whitecaps career, him or Boxel. Him or Francis de Vries. Well, that, mm. well that's not going to be that hard. Another key centre-back from last year. It was only one year for him. Yeah. So moving away from the draft, the, some other Whitecaps news this week. Kai Kamara arrived in town. Saying all the right things, getting fans on side early, drop a name check the Southsiders and Curva Collective in a, in his little interview. Spoke to the media on Wednesday for about eleven minutes or so. Um, it's all up on the White Cats website, but there was a, an interesting snippet. So I, I just wanted to to play that for you, just and we'll have a little chat about about some of the things that he says here. Yes, I am. I'm ready for. Like I said, I played in England, and I think if there's any criticism in soccer in general, it's bigger over there than any other place. So um, that's good. You know, players should be players, and coaches and clubs should be held accountable for you know if it's not going well, and uh, that's the pressure that you know you want to have as as uh, as, uh, as players or as organization. You know, and to me, um, if I'm not scoring goals, put me on the bench. You know, it makes me show that, that I'm not doing well and I need to work a little bit harder. So I can't wait. I mean, yeah, if the pressure is going to come from the city, then that's great because then the city knows that when you're winning games, everybody's going to fill out the stadium. So we look forward to that. But yeah, so we heard from Kai Kamara there. Yeah. And he was talking about accountability. Yeah. And it is important for players, for the front office, to be held accountable. Yeah. If you're not playing well, get benched. If you're not doing what a club should be doing, get held accountable. Have the fans question what you're doing. And it's a breath of fresh air to hear Kamara come in and say that. You do have to question, though, is he, he, like, he's a very well-managed football player. He knows how to work the media, how to work the supporters. Is he just saying the right things to get everyone on his, on his side? Yeah, how is he going to feel when he actually does get benched, if he gets benched, yeah. right? Lots of folk have said in the past that he's a little bit disruptive in the locker room. I've never seen that myself, so I, I have an open mind on that. All I can say is, from speaking to him on Wednesday, he was a delight to speak to. I like what he said. If he comes in and ruffles a few feathers in the locker room, good. Like he even he's even interacting with the draft picks because they yeah. they had pictures with like bright smiley teeth. Yeah, they have they the said, very white teeth. And they, they, he said, "Give me get me whatever makes your teeth so smiley." And today. I think it was Lucas uh, Stroffer actually brought him toothpaste. Awesome. And he released it on Instagram that he got I never them. saw that. That's, yeah. See, That just came late tonight. It's some personality. And that's what's been kind of missing from the Whitecaps locker room for a while now. There's just been a massive gulf of players that have got that kind of personality. He's got it. Stefan Marinovic has got it. So I, I, I think he's going to be a great addition to the locker room. If things don't start to go well, then I guess that's maybe going to be uh, a little bit of a... A test then, but we'll we'll see what happens there. Yeah, well, and but another player who's going to be one of his teammates confirmed this week. Finally, confirmed. finally, yeah, uh, Efrain Juarez Efrain is how Juarez. I'm going with the pronunciation. Whether that's right, who knows? But yeah, exciting to finally see him here. Yeah, he seems excited to be here. I, I read some stuff today of people kind of questioning. 
the decision to play him as a midfielder and thinking that Robbo and the Caps are crazy for doing that because I don't understand he's been why right back was, in Monterey. The was, player wants to play as a midfielder. No, but at the top of his game when he was playing for Celtic, he was playing as a midfielder. Yeah, I, I understand. Even some people in MLS during the draft thing too that they were questioning like he's playing right back at Monterey. Yeah. What, what, what are they thinking? He's a natural. It's only because of position here. Atiba Hutchinson was playing right back for a long time for teams. So and was then, the Neil Henry. Yeah, and well, that's <laughs> that was a really big mistake. But Atiba and he was, but Atiba was thriving as right back. This, this last year, he's pl- playing no more midfield, and they're he's playing Champions League. Yeah. So there's no harm in sw- switching to your back to your regular position. Once if Robo and the player didn't think he could do that position, he wouldn't be brought in to be in that position. That's basically what it boils down to. But as those players, the draft picks and Kamara arrive, Juarez is on his way here. Some players definitely not back. Freddie Montero, we knew he wasn't coming back, but it's now official. He's gone back to sporting in Portugal. He's got a deal for a year and a half with two option years. And we we talked last week about is there any other club leagues in Europe that have option things. Obviously the Portuguese league does. Did they mention club option or mutual option? I don't know, I just said option years. But he has a staggering 60 million euro release clause. That's about 75 million American dollars. Um, That's a high release clause. So I don't think he's going to be coming back to the Whitecaps anytime soon. My guess was is is probably his, uh, because apparently he wanted to come back to the Whitecaps, but the transfer, what do you think that transfer was? I'm thinking 10, 15 million they probably wanted. Well, the rumors were that the Caps balked at the the high transfer fee that the Chinese club were looking for. Yeah. How much did they pay for him? Do you remember? I can't remember now, but I mean, if the Whitecaps balked at paying a transfer fee, what we talked about, 10,000 probably? Anything above 10,000? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's gone. Wish him well. He had a great season here. I was glad that he was a white cap. Never thought I'd ever say that, but wish him well in sporting. Somebody that basically good riddance to. Knows a Ijibor. He's gone to Cyprus. Not a very high-end club. And no. he, nobody in MLS picked him up either. Not, not sure whether he flew to Cyprus in business class or not. But <laughs> he's in Cyprus now. Beautiful country. Spent some time there myself. And it's a fantastic place, but... Just goes to show you, you play a little bit of hardball, it backfires on you, you're off to Cyprus. And I'm pretty sure he's not going to be making the money there that he was going to be getting in the Whitecaps. So his loss, not the Whitecaps lost, goodbye. A player that played three games hadn't proven himself really. That's no big loss. No. That's maybe going to take his place uh, now. Yeah, and and I know that he... um, I know he did. The thing is, the funny thing is, is when he signed, everybody was saying, "Oh, another DM," and then because he played a couple of games where he had like a high percentage of passing, which is actually something that they didn't have all year. So I, I do agree with people that that, that was pretty impressive. But he only played a couple of games, and we don't know how he was going to fit in for over a full season. So it, maybe it is a good thing that they didn't keep him in. Instead, the money they were going to spend on uh, Noza, they spent on Ovaras, and that might be a big better thing. Yeah, and. Andrew Jacobson, another player that won't be back as a white cap. Or as, as this, this surprised me. Yeah, this was a big surprise to me. Ten years as a pro, he was a free agent. I'm thinking he didn't get an offer, obviously, that appealed to him. Uh, that was, was worth... He just going to enjoy life with his family. That was worth moving, maybe. Yeah. Maybe he was only getting offers from the East Coast, and he wanted... Was he, is he a West Coast guy, I think, right? I think it's the East Coast. I can't oh, even remember now. Whatever the case he's, is. He's had a great career. He's played yeah. in Europe. He's played futsal. I mean, we talked uh, about Stoffer. It's a pity that 
Jacobson's gone. They could have had some futsal conversations. Yeah, no, but I think I think it's a, a player who's. Yeah, I think he came in the league when he was twenty two. So he's basically well came in to become a professional when he was thirty two or twenty two. And to me, an unsung hero for the Caps the last two seasons. Yeah, Mister Versatility for sure. I mean, he's a player that would I think thrived if the Whitecaps go for this three at the back thing. He could have slotted in there maybe or... on the right side or left side. Yeah. So it's a shame to see him go. I hope whatever he does finds himself. You happy. know, he, he he's retired now, but there's been so many athletes that retire. Look at Landon Donovan yeah. <laughs> that retire, and maybe somebody picks up an injury halfway through the season. He decides to uh, lace it up again for half a year. Yeah, who knows? Well, very much might possible. be tempted back. Maybe the Whitecaps all have an emergency. Need to call him back in. Mm. And final bit, just for this section, talk about some other Whitecaps. Jordan Hutima. Yeah, and Grosso. Yeah, Ju- I think it's Julia. Yeah, Julia Grosso. I just like saying Grosso. Oh. Julia Grosso lighting it up for the Canadian under-20s. Hutima with a hat-trick. She's got five goals over two games. Yeah, and yeah. Grosso, three assists yeah. to that hat-trick as yeah. well. Couple of really bright stars for the Whitecaps ladies. Canadian under-20s lighting it up. They've qualified. Where their career's going to go yeah. is going to be great to they've, see. They've, they've given up the first goal in each of the games. But then come back and won the game. Uh, they have qualified for the semis already. Yeah, and with one game Very to go in the group, close to getting to the World Cup. And yeah, I think I think two teams. It's a shame make we it. don't have a team here that they're going to then go and strut their stuff with. Yeah, two teams that they're going to. Uh, who knows by the time they get to the age? Because I think they're probably going to go to college as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think the top two teams from Concacaf will go. So they just got to win that semi, and then they're through. I'm confident that they're going to do it. But we'll be back with some more Whitecaps chat. After this, if you want to know about our little town, pay money at the Seven Bridge and come on down. Ride around all day on a new Bob bus, on the X15 and read the Argus. We got a sports village and a velodrome. Six drive through McDonald's for your journey home. From Newport Stadium to Rodney Parade, the Premier Inn where you probably stayed. Don't have a Debenhams, but we got TK Max. Once you've had port, you never goes back. So if you want cheese on your chips, medieval ships, see mattresses and skips, then comes take a trip. Visit Jumpa Square, you knows I'll see you there. But people might stare because you're not from Newport. You've probably never been there either. I'll bet you a fiver. You're not from Newport. Friends of the show. Goldie looking chain there. Are they friends of the show? They are, yeah. Okay. But, yeah, Goldie looking chain there with Newport State of Mind, You're Not From Newport, parody of Jay-Z and Alicia Keys' New, New York, York State, State of Mind. Yeah. And I just thought I'd play that because a year ago, the White Cats were going to Wales. I was going to Wales. I, I'm missing Newport. Yes, it pissed down every single day that I was there, but I, I had fun. I think it's nice that for pre-season this year that the Whitecaps are, are bringing back those memories of that because it looks like it's going to piss down all week here as well. So it's not going to be any difference whether they're in Wales or Vancouver. Just a lot cheaper to be in Vancouver. So we're going to talk uh, about some Whitecaps pre-season stuff now because Whitecaps pre-season does get underway on Monday. So by the time that you're listening to this, it's going to be underway. If we we just look at what they were doing this year. So last year, they went to Wales. Yeah. They played three games against under-23 sides. They won two. It maybe wasn't fantastic preparation, but 
Can well, you knock of, it? It did work against yeah, for the exactly. Red Bulls, yeah. But this year, completely different. Gone is rainy Wales. Hello is rainy Vancouver, as we said. But then they're heading off to Hawaii. Which could be rainy, too. So they get storms. Ah, probably too. not. It's probably going to be gorgeous. Lava. Mm, as long as there's no like nuclear bomb threats. Oh, yeah, missile, cool missile. Yeah, <laughs> that, that should be good. Um, then they're going to come back for a bit, then head to Las Vegas, LA, play LAFC. Split teams, yeah. LA Galaxy as well. Uh, so they're going to the Heat. No, no Portland tournament this year, and we'll talk about that. In, in is the Portland part. having their own tournament? Or is no, they, are they still? They're not because having they a tournament because of something that we're going to talk about in part oh, okay. three. Sure. Um, so obviously, we don't know how how it's going to be. Hawaii is going to be the first test. It's going to be the first chance that we get to see the Whitecaps on the pitch. They're going to be in Vancouver for nine of the next ten days. There'll be some scrimmages, ball work, drills, stuff like that. But it's all about fitness initially. Yeah, for sure. And I, I had an article that came out on AFTN on Sunday. Six things that were kind of... I'm looking to see this first week of pre-season. Yeah. And one of them is around fitness. Because yeah. every season, someone comes back a little bit chubby. Yeah. Someone's overdone the Christmas pudding. Whether it's Nigel Rio Coker, Kakuta Mani, Christian Teixeira, they've all... Struggled a little bit at some pre-seasons. There's no excuse for that, though. No. If anyone comes into camp not fit, now you, you can be... I think Bolognius was the one last year, wasn't it? Yes. He kept going about a knee problem that yeah. no one could find anything that was wrong with his yeah. knee. So, yeah. But th- there's no excuse for that. And I think Robbo's made it very clear that if you come in unfit, it's a big blot in your copybook. Yeah. So hopefully we don't see anything of that this year. Yeah. Um. After that, some other things I'm looking for this week. We've got... Well, th- there's a battle in a few positions. He's talked about that there might be a new system in, in place. Mm. Could be three at the back. So that you've got a centre-back picking order. Whether all three play in this three-in-the-back system or not. Obviously, you've got Parker and Waston, who's one and two. Well, Waston Parker. Yeah, Waston Parker. I just... Yeah, yeah, I know. Went alphabetical. You went alphabetical. Um, yeah, Waston's definitely number one. Parker's number two. Right now, the only other two centre-backs on the roster are Daniel Henry and Aaron Mond. And David Edgar's alpha- going to be in camp. That's alphabetical and what would be talent-wise. Henry before Mond. Mm, I'd maybe put Mond before him. Oh, you're so... <laughs> you're so anti-Henry. David Edgar's coming into camp. Yeah. Playing for a contract. For me, if he earns it, he gets the number three spot. I think if he can... If he's able to run around and not hurt himself, I think he's earned a contract. That, yeah. I think he's 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 a very decent player, and as long as he doesn't show the wear like uh, rustiness too much, and it shows that he can still play. And and the thing is, Henry and Edgar are both on the same kind of timeline uh, for how long they were out too. They're both yeah. like three hundred uh, days plus. Talent so, wise, though, I mean, you've got to see Edgar's better. Edgar's way, way and better. more. He's he's more and of experience. a he's veteran. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. He would add another veteran to the locker room. Yeah, it's all going to come down to salary, I think, as well as whether there's any injury. Doubts. And the thing is, is there he's come like Henry. He's coming off an injury, so teams are not going to be offering him too much. Yeah, so they could get a decent bargain for a one year deal. I think he'll sign. I think he's going to want to stay here. And for me, he would then go number three. So. That, that's another one. Yeah, you talked about rustiness, so let's talk about rusty. Yeah, there's a, a kind of DM battle as well because you've got Gazal, you've got Efrain. Well, I, I don't, he, I don't think Efrain's going to be more of a box to box. Yeah, guy. I don't DM, think he's going to be a DM. Yeah, 
But like in that kind of mould, let's yeah, put it yeah. that way. You've also got Tony Chani yeah. on a high ticket, yeah. but maybe the third choice. I think he's third choice what, at this point right now. What kind of formation that we're looking at. But you do have to think as well, last year the four one four one went quite well with three DMCMs in there. You had Jacobson, you had Laba, oh, you had Chani. How can I forget that? And that worked well. So, I mean, he, I can't see if you go three at the back that you can possibly go that way at all. Yeah. But he may not go three at the back. That That's the, the big thing as well. I think he's going to, I think they're going to work on it a lot this year. I don't think he's going to roll out with it. I think it'll be like maybe mid-season where it comes out with like a change. If it looks horrendous in pre-season, may just forget about it. No, he, they could but, still work on it yeah. in training. They don't have to put it into game implementation until they want to, you know, surprise somebody. Yeah. But... Going back to the DMs, then yeah. you've got two Canadians battling that out. Yeah. You've got David Norman. Yeah. And you've got Russell Tybert. Alphabetical again. Now, you've got the young gun and the guy that used to be the young gun. Yeah. Battle of two homegrowns. Davy Norman. One tall guy, very one short guy. Yeah. We're very high on Davy. Realistically, you have to think he may find himself loaned out to Fresno. Yeah. But I think if he goes and impresses, he's got a real shot of putting himself above Tybert in the pecking order. It, it, it's, it, I know Rob was going to lean on the experience of Tybert if, well, that, initially. Well, that's the thing as well, because like for all that I rag on Tybert, yeah. he is Mr. Reliable. Yeah. If you need to bring him into the team, you know what you're getting. You know he's not going to If you're going pay. up against Clint Dempsey or yeah. Robbie Keane, you put in Tybert. Yeah. If Chani were to move on, you could find that Norman and Tybert both get to stay around here. Yeah. And I think that may be the more likely scenario. Here. You could also, they might be bringing somebody else in when they take Chani yeah. out too. They maybe they need to open up a spot for that. Well, if, if we look at some people that might be on the chopping block, you've got Bernie Abini. Yeah. He is kind of like the forgotten man. I just don't see how he fits into what Port Robo's doing. And I can't see he's got to be, ha- can't be happy coming all the way from Australia to, to be, be getting minimal minutes and maybe not even featuring the game day 18 at all. Yeah. Aaron Mond that we talked about, he has to be a little bit of trade bait. Trade bait, but I don't know if anybody's going to trade anything for him. They got him so cheap last year. We could package Mond yeah. with other stuff. You want to package everything. I do. I, I, I do like packages. And then you got Breck Shea, obviously. Yes. To, which to me has to be possibly my feeling the main is, trade bait. My feeling is they keep him until the, just before the summer transfer window. And then when they know if they can bring somebody in, then they trade him off. And the other team gets the advantage of having half uh, DP salary as well or half against the cap, like with the way it counts halfway. And then we do, we're, we'll be able to bring somebody in and that'll be half as well. So I think that's what they're probably going to look at. Yeah, because, I mean, that is the tough thing about trying to trade him just now is because his salary is so high. Yeah, I don't know if anybody wants to use Tam on him. I don't know if anybody can. I don't know what the rules of Tam are. Or, or, Does anyone yeah, know any no. of the rules anymore? I mean, that's that's part of the, the issue now. I, I don't know how much of an insight we'll get into what the Caps' new system is going to be. Because it is going to be a lot of ball work and stuff. Hawaii is going to be maybe the first gauge of, of who fits into the starting formation. But if you look at the players that are... Just the ones that signed just now, not yeah. who we might want to bring in. Who do you have? Well, who, what do you have as your formation? I, I, and who do you have as your now again? Loving? Like I said, I don't think Robbo's going to start off with this formation, but I think uh, I would go with a three-five, three-five-two. Um, and three at the back. Obviously, Marinovic is in goal. Three at the back. I would have as long everybody's healthy. We're assuming everybody's healthy as well. Yeah. And um, I would have because Edgar's not signed right now. I would have Henry, 
um, Waston and Parker. My fullbacks or wingbacks are Nowitzki and De Jong. My midfield, center midfielders, I have Gazal, I have Juarez, and I would probably have uh, Arena at there. And then because I don't want to pressure Blundell too quickly, I would have Kamara with Chera up top. Hmm. I'm very similar. I, I, I'm kind of going a little bit back and forth as to whether to go for just a straight 3-5-2 or I kind of like a little bit of maybe a 3-4-2-1. Yeah. But either way, I would have the same personnel in it. For me, and Robo kind of dropped a little bit of a hint when when he spoke on on Friday after the draft, that he is considering Marcel de Jong as a possible centre-back in a a back three. Yeah, but then who do you play at the left-back? I would then have Breck Shea in there. Oh, I see. Left wing-back because he's in the midfield. And... That to, might work. To be honest, I think that is ideal for Breck Shea. Yeah, and I then think you, that's an ideal formation and then, to get full value for Breck Shea. And then on top of that, you have Waston in the middle, obviously, of the three. And then you have Parker back going to his right side, yeah. which he's more comfortable exactly. probably on. Although he's played left, left all year last year. And then my five in the middle, I would have Nerwinski and then Shea. Yeah. And the same three in the middle, like Reina, uh, Gazal and Juarez. Juarez. Um, and then the two up top, definitely Kamara, and I would fluctuate between Blondell and Teixeira. So kind of on similar. I, I would start to with Teixeira only because he knows uh, knows the system, knows the players. Blondell, you can ease in there, and you don't have to put pressure yeah. on him. And then see who grabs the opportunity, and yeah. then they become your starter. So For sure. pretty much, like if we did sign Edgar, maybe look at having him in instead of De Jong, and then De Jong in the left. That the danger though is it's three centre-backs that's not the quickest with the ball at their feet. Yeah. Like, they're great in the air. They're great, like, barging folk off tackles and stuff, and they're solid at tackling and aerials and stuff like that. But running or, like, trying to distribution and stuff, they're not... Three of them together would be a little bit scary. Yeah. And, and that is Ga- what I'll give Henry. He has got some pace. And the thing is, with, the, uh, with that too, Gazal would be the guy in front of them. Yeah. And he's not uh, yeah. the paciest guy either. So but then, although he then never you're really he never moves on Juarez to get up and down the pitch. A lot. Although he never moves out of his spot either, so you no. know he's dependable right there. Yeah, yeah. which you kind of need in a DM as well. But I mean, we we threw that out on Twitter as well, just as to to what folk wanted to see, and a few kind of mixed opinions. But basically, the general consensus is is very similar to that. Folk do like the idea of seeing a three five two. And just a little bit of disagreement as to, to who would be the, the three at the back. If you're looking at the gaps, though, in the team just now, I mean, we said that's who might be a starting 11 just now. Who who do you think you might want to bring in? Like, what positions do we need to bring in another starter? Is there going to be even a traditional number 10 or... Are we going to be playing a system where there's not a number 10 this year? Yeah, it doesn't look like it. Um, that number 10 might show up in the summertime. Uh, but at, I think at this point, they are going to go with what they have. I don't think they're going to bring in any high-end players at this point. And I think they're going – they might tweak it a little bit here and there, but I don't think they're going to go with anything that is – you know, that the, no, there will be no excitement, basically. No. Uh, I think third goalkeeper, you may be looking at that. Yeah. You've got the two rookies, the two draftees that we talked about. They're going to be pushing to possibly want to to try and and get into the team 
get MLS deals, and you have to think at least one of them will. So spots are a little bit at a premium. But, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of see what happened. Some of the tweets which that we have here, Chris Corrigan at Salish Sea, who's in love with Kai Kamara, we, we, we've got to say he's been really in, enamoured by him. It's a bromance. He likes a 4-3-3. And he's got De Jong, Parker, Waston, Nerwinski, well, obviously Nerwinski on the right, De Jong on the left. A midfield three of Teixeira, Gazal and Juarez. And then up front, Kamara, Reina and Blondell. Now, very attacking, yeah. which does seem to go against what the Whitecaps play. Yeah, I like that. That's I, an exciting it is. lineup, and it's one that can defend. And you're getting all your big hitters in there. You'd have Brexhay then coming off the bench, so I mean that's that's pretty good as well. Massive debate then kind of kind of followed, which you can you can find on AFTN's kind of timeline. Just look for our likes, and, and you'll you'll find some stuff there. Ryan Burns at Rye underscore B13. He went for a little bit of a, a strange one, a kind of a 3 4 3 1, it almost looks like. You've got Mond, Waston, and Parker at the back. You've got Juarez, De Jong, kind of playing a little bit deeper just in front of those with Gazal and Chani in the middle. It seems like those two are the, uh, the wing backs. Yeah. yeah. And then Teixeira, Mesquita, Reina, a th- midfield three, and then Kamara up top. Um, and he's he, he's like you. He doesn't feel, he hasn't seen Blondell yet, so he's kind of wanting to, to kind of wait a little bit and, and see what you can see from him. Now, Graham Took, he was pretty much in, in agreement with some of that, but he likes a 3-4-3. Three, with Henry, Waston and Parker as your three, and a midfield four of Nerwinski, Gazal, Chani and De Jong, with Reina, Kamara and Teixeira up top. So no Blondell and no Juarez from him, which is a massive surprise. I w- I w- There's I w- no way Juarez is not going to be in the no, team. No, if I sub in Juarez for T- Chani, I think that's fine. Everything else is okay. And then Brian at Van Cascadian he also went for Henry Waston Parker at the back, and he went for a, a three four one two. This is so many different formations you can go with this, and he went for Juarez and Gazelle with De Jong and Nowinski, Reina just above them, and Blondell and Kamara in front of them. Now, obviously, apart from the Henry aspect, I like that. So, I mean, that that's not a bad one as well. Sam at Sam Brown YVR Parker Waston De Jong at the back. And then Nerwinski, Gazal, Chani, but Brett Levi's on the left. Now, we, we don't know. We haven't seen much of Brett Levi's. We love Brett. We think he's got a good future with the Whitecaps. I don't know that you start him right now. He has to maybe earn his way into the team, he, I feel. Could he go on a short-term loan to uh, Fresno and see if he can, you know, build up his... Yeah, I think that would make sense. Like just a sh- sense, it's not yeah. a full term all season. Just maybe you can even put it as an well, injury kind of. That's the thing. It depends what kind of affiliation deal yeah. they've got because uh, they can they can lend someone on a season long loan, and they've got Sean Melvin there season long, but he's not MLS, so they can lend an MLS guy on a season long loan, and you have to think that could possibly be one of the the draft picks that they sign and send down there. But Sam had Teixeira and Reina as the two bit in front of them and Blondell up front. So he didn't even have Kai Kamara in the in the starting lineup. So that's a little bit of a surprise. 
Caleb Wilkins at Wilkins underscore, underscore Caleb 24. He goes for a 3-4-2-1 with De Jong, Parker, Waston. But he has Davies on the, the left-hand side with Teixeira, Reina as your two and Kamara up top. And the last one we're just going to read is Downtown Brown, Thomas Brown. Just find that now. He went Marinovic, Waston Parker, De Jong, Norwinsky Juarez, Gazal Davies, Teixeira, Kamara, Reina. So very similar as well. Yeah. He he feels that there might be a ten that that's getting that might get brought in, and then that might change the whole thing there. So I, I just don't think that ten's going to come in right away. I don't I th- think so. I either. think I don't think I think it'll be uh, like Robbo at the end of last year talked about that about accusations, and he he mentioned that some of them are not going to come at, during the winter; they're going to come mid season. Yeah. So I think that's. A couple of the people that you would be excited about normally, I think you have to wait a little bit. I think so too. Patience. So just before we wrap up this part of the show, it's time for Wavelength. So we started this segment with a song from Newport's finest rappers, Goldie Luke and Shane. We talked about Newport preseason last year. And when I went there, it gave me a, a chance to finally get to see Newport County play. Wanted to see them for a long time. Long time fan of theirs. They're my Welsh team if I was picking a Welsh team. And part of it goes back to their UEFA Cup Winners' Cup run that they had in the 1980-81 season. So I'm really kind of dating myself there. Don't know if you have any recollection of that at all, Steve, or even know what I'm talking about. So they won the Welsh Cup, so they got into the Cup Winners' Cup. But the Cup Winners' Cup was a a wonderful tournament. And they got all the way to the quarterfinals. And they played Carol Heiss Jena, drew their away leg 2-0, just had to get a draw at home. And they lost 1-0. They'd have been the first Welsh club to get into the into the semi-finals. And they nearly got the away goal in the 90th minute and didn't do it. After that, I kind of followed Newport County. They're another team that they went by the wayside. They reformed a Phoenix club. I'm a member of their supporters' trust. I used to swap fanzines back in the day where their fanzine Never Say Die. So this is a song by Newport band Fly Screen. This one is about that game against Carol Heisjena. And it's just simply called... Carol Heisjena.
suicide trap is failing A self-sufficient winger makes the break Our fears were met when in the net not over The official size five leather seals are Fly screen there from their 1996 EP, Size 5 Football. Another wavelength that went on and on and on. <laughs> Carol Hygiena. I couldn't it's resist. A, I couldn't resist saying that. It's a great, like, it the was a good, it was a, No, 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 it was, a good, it was a better song than normal. But yes. I just, because I just, he said on and on and on so many times, I just wanted to say that. I just, I, felt, I couldn't resist I the joke. I felt like, like Chris Corrigan all love the fact that it's just talking about the fans, just singing on and on forever. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, great band. We'll have more of them to come over the coming weeks from their football EP. But we'll be back with more chat, this time from MLS, after this. Welcome back. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 
the very distinctive voice there from the Cranberries. So it was really sad. Yeah. I mean, too early, way too early. Yeah, I I had their, I don't know if it was their first couple. I've got two of their albums, obviously, yeah. the, the really famous one with Zombie and everything on Z- it. This was my favorite song of theirs. Only uh, It was the first time I ever noticed them. I, I think I probably ha- heard Zombie, but I never noticed it that much. But the video, the music video for this song, it was a kind of Western motif with, uh, and there was a, bl- a black witch and everything. And it was like a very odd vibe to it. So that kind of caught me. And, the, and obviously the opening uh, guitar riff was fantastic. Yeah. So I love this song. Uh, and she had, like I said, Zombie was a great song. There's so many other songs. Yeah, I must dig out the, the albums I've got, actually. That might be one of my, on my playlist for heading up to UBC for training all week. But a lot of promises go around at this time of year. And I'm sure there's a, been a lot of promises made in, in the draft from players and clubs to each other. And... Let's look at the the draft from a non-white caps kind of point of view right now. Some big money was sent around for for picks. There was five trades in the the top eleven picks. Yeah, uh, the first that, three picks were all defenders as well. And the and the thing is, the the trades weren't really trade ups. They were just people were trading away their draft picks for money. Two hundred thousand seemed to be the the going rate. LAFC yeah. paid two hundred thousand, but a hundred and tam, a hundred and gam to. To move to, to third or to La- get the third pick. Last year, the third pick went for 250. Oh, did it? So it was 50,000 less. But then uh, Montreal went 200 as well. So. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that was a surprise. But I mean, LAFC, their first ever draft, and I think they did pretty well. They, they said that they drafted for football intelligence. And, I mean, that was one thing that I, I really thought about listening to all the coverage on Friday. There was so much talk about athleticism, but hardly any talk about skill or talent. Yeah. Folk kept saying, oh, he's a really athletic guy, he's really fast. That's, that's, that's partly what, what's wrong with North American football. But that's what you're going to get from college soccer. Yeah, but it's, it's like it's, development is focusing on all the wrong stuff. The homegrown players are the ones that are, have more technical skill. And yeah, the, uh, college that, players, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, LAFC did well. They got in early. They drafted their backup right back and left back. Their backups to the, the two Whitecaps fullbacks that they now have on their books and Jordan Harvey and, and Stephen Betashore. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do. Um, maybe they're both projects, but they're going to be learning a lot of two very experienced guys. So I, I think that was, that was some, some good movement by LAFC. MLSsoccer.com gave grades to, to all the different teams and, and how they thought they performed. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, they, no one knows, really. It's just all guesswork. But Chicago, Dallas, and Minnesota all received A grades. Caps got B grades. Yeah. Or a B grade, right? Yeah, B grade, middle world. And there were some teams that I think they gave New England a, a D plus only because yeah. they took two right backs and in Colorado a row. Colorado as well got yeah. a D plus. But some teams really stoked the the fire of how relevant is is the draft again. Montreal traded <laughs> their picks away, saying that they felt that their homegrown talent that they'd seen on, on display with Canada's under-23 yeah. was better than anyone in the draft. Yeah. A and, bold move, and I applaud well, them for that. you got Jackson Hamel, who's right now a homegrown guy. Um, the uh, What's the guy's name? The no, Kripo? No, no, the ones that uh, is uh, Didi Drogba has... Uh, Convinced to go to Ivory Coast. Oh, I can't remember his name. I'm blanking. Tabla. But who? Yeah, Tabla. That's it. Like they got players that, that they've brought up. So 
Um, I, I don't doubt that what that they feel that they can bring uh, better players through. Yeah, and it's, it's good to hear a, a coach say that, that they believe more in their homegrown talent than the guys coming out of the draft. I still think you need to you need to draft a player here and there because um, if you see somebody that, you know, obviously you don't, I, like I said, I'm against drafting international players because you can get better international players from abroad yeah. instead of dra- drafting one yeah. in college. Because there's a reason they're in college because they're not good enough to be a pro. So, um, so I, I think I think you dra- draft your homegrowns. You draft your. You essentially want to see if you get a backup, and see if you can develop into a starter. That's your whole goal for drafting players. Well, DC United also traded away their picks, and there was four teams that actually didn't have any picks at all in the draft. Montreal and DC being two of them, but also Portland and Philadelphia. Montreal did pick somebody today. Oh yeah, but I mean in the first two yeah, rounds. First two yeah, rounds. first yeah. two rounds. Yeah. For four teams not to have any picks in the first two rounds. Yeah. Kind of weird, really. Yeah. And Philly, the, the team that hosted the draft, had no picks in the first yeah. two rounds. But then they weird. did make a, a, a blockbuster deal, which we'll, we'll come to yeah. in, a, in a sec. But, but I mean, do you, do you feel the draft has value? I, I genuinely feel it does. I think it has some value. I wouldn't put it as your top thing that you're going to be... Um, you know, rated. You know, you don't. It's not your first player acquisition. Market. It, it lets you get guys that otherwise you maybe would not have got. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you had the draft today. We talked about this a little bit on the phone when we were chatting today. The the third and fourth rounds, maybe just give up on those. Let people let the players pick where they want to go. Um, they might maybe they want to stay closer to home. Maybe they want to. Because, you know, they're not being paid very much, so why not stay closer to home so you don't have to do that? Yeah. Maybe go with local club. Maybe find out who's lacking uh, center-back depth, uh, who's lacking uh, center-mid depth or striker depth, and that's who your team you want to go to. You don't want to go to get picked by a team that's just picking you for yeah, the hell of a picking that's you. a great idea. It's yeah. like if the Whitecaps drafted a DM, it's like, yeah, you're not going to be playing some yeah. unless you've got... I'd, some amazing skill that, that puts you somehow way above all these other guys. Let people have so a yeah, choice. Go, yeah, go to a, a club that is needing what you can offer them. For sure. Otherwise, you're just going to fall by the wayside. Because teams are passing anyways. Yeah. Just let them pick whoever they want at that point. Yeah. I, I, I just think they should as well. Just get yeah. rid of it. it first two first, first two rounds are fine. The yeah. supplementary draft is useless. But away from the draft, there was a lot happening this week. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll go over some of it. Because there's just been so many player additions. So we'll look over some of the main ones. We talked in last last Sunday's show about Blanco going to Atlanta. Finally a, a done deal. It was what we talked about last last week, the 15 million. But the big blockbuster trade, as we just alluded to a short time ago, Chicago sent David Ackham to Philly on Friday during the draft so that the union at least had something to to do in their in their home city during the draft. And in return, they got 900,000 TAM, 300,000 GAM for a player that's done pretty well yeah. in MLS. But I don't know, is, is he worth that? No, I don't know if he's worth that, but I, I think it, it's it, Philadelphia is probably was desperate to get somebody at that point. Well, they hadn't really, like, worst team in the league, basically. Yeah. Or one of the worst teams in the league. And they basically hadn't added anyone. Yeah, so they, so they, it's they, like, need to, they needed to start adding yeah, some folk they, to get they, people buying tickets to come and see them. Exactly. And so I think that was a good move for them. Um, and I think Chicago probably has their eyes on somebody else they want to bring well, in, and that's why yeah. they did that. And Bastien Schweinsteiger is re-signed. coming back. And yeah. the Whitecaps delighted to try and sell <laughs> tickets to come and see him here, not having lent their lesson from last year. Yeah. Uh, the other big move, which disappoints me, 
<laughs> my, my whole K&K up front, Kamara and Kamara is not happening. Ola Kamara has gone to LA Galaxy for feck all, basically. Jesse Zardes going to Columbus. 4,000, 400,000 in 4,000 would, 4, would be basically fickle. <laughs> 400,000 in Tam and an extra 100,000 if he hits 12 goals, which he, he's going to hit 12 yeah, goals. Would that, you, you would think with his that, previous records. They, they, they got a pretty decent front six. I, I think that that is a bargain. Bargain buy. And again, it's lit. It's making you wonder, just what are Columbus trying to do here, getting rid of all their assets? Although, we'll talk about one of their other assets, and they are playing a bit more hardball with him. Yeah. But, I mean, surely the Caps could have sent Breck Shea and four or 500,000 in TAM to them, even throw an iron on, do, do my packaging, I like my package. I don't think Columbus wants to do that. I don't think they no. want Breck Shea. Although, he would be moving to Austin the year after, and he's a Texas boy, so maybe mm. that would have been a better thing for him. You know, I, I'm just thinking, it's maybe because I've watched so many American pickers over the years. I love that show. <laughs> they like to do packages when, yeah. they, when they want their stuff. So I think that's, we need to get those guys up to do some negotiating for the Whitecaps. Um, last week's show as well, we talked about the whole cluster surrounding Kyle Lahren. Little update on that. Doesn't look like he's going to Turkey after all. After yeah. all the murmurs of, oh, well, they test it option rule. Besiktas seems to be like backing off the like, yeah, let's just look at someone like Chikorito. Yeah. I think a much better acquisition than Kyle Larn. And they'd probably pay a transfer fee for him. Yeah. Um, but now, it doesn't look like he's heading back to Orlando. He's still pushing those boundaries. He still thinks he's a free agent. Yeah. And he's headed to Greece, and it looks like Olympiakos are, are in the frame to sign him. Yeah. And hopefully Olympiakos knows that he, you know, maybe they, they've inquired and they know now or something. Hopefully they're not totally in the dark. And maybe they are willing to pay a transfer fee if this is the case. Or maybe we will get this test case that I'm just dying to see. It's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. A little bit down south in Portland. Marco. Marco? Poldo. Oh. (laughs) Yes. Portland have added a Peruvian winger. Andy Polo. There'll probably be a lot of people shouting Andy and then the other side will be, a piggy park will be shouting Polo. (laughs) That would be fantastic. There you've got a quote or chant for them already. Yeah. Only on a, a year-long loan from Liga MX side Monarchus Morelio. Uh, I think that is because otherwise he would have cost them a mint. Oh, yeah. And they don't think they have a DP spot available for him either. Then. But look at that Timbers attack. You've yeah. got Valeri. You've got Addy. You've got Blanco. That is a blistering attack. Add Polo into that. Exciting stuff. Yeah. Worrying from a Whitecats point of view because you've got another team... And we, I said last week that I could genuinely see Portland not making the playoffs. Is, is Polo an international so sure for Peru? Oops, so yeah, he yeah. has he has been capped so, as far as I know. So we might be at the World Cup. That would be good. Can but, they hack it defensively though? Yeah. And how much is their midfield going to miss Nagby? It's true. And but the, and then there's rumors going around that uh, uh, Ola Kamara's teammate, former former teammate. Yeah, a guy that I would like to see here as well. I think he would actually do better. Yeah, I think he fits way into the plan better than Ola Kamara. Justin Merrim is is, uh, rumoured for Portland, but he's also rumoured for Vancouver. Yes. Um, I think there were two other teams, but I just don't recall them. But But when you hear that Portland and Columbus were very far apart in terms of what they were going to get, it makes you think he's not coming to Vancouver. No. Break Shea, package with Aaron Mond. There we go, Justin Merrim. (laughs) I th- it could happen. Yeah. 
Portland's yeah. in the news also. Yes, and we kind of alluded things. to this a little bit earlier. Yeah. There is no Portland a preseason tournament this year for very good reason. Interesting article in the Oregonian on Friday about the Timbers expansion of Providence Park. They're spending a whopping $55 million just to add 4,000 seats. Yeah. That, that, that seems, seems a excessive. Lot. It's because they've got to do the whole cantilever stand. and That still seems excessive. Yeah, I think that's way too much just to add 4,000 seats. They must have had to pay off some... Where are the, where are the seats going? Like um, where the where the gym opposite, is? Opposite... No, opposite the, the press box. Oh, okay, gotcha. Bit, so along the side of the pitch. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, it looks fantastic. It's not going to be fully completed until 2019. Yeah. I just, I just did not get spending that money. I, the Oregonian I, were basically asking, is the stadium even a viable long-term home for them? Not if they... Because they, they have 13,000 on their waiting list. Yeah. So, I mean, you, ha- you have to feel it's not. Look how much money... And you can't fit 13,000 in that gym no. that I was talking about earlier. Like, you can't... Oh, the little nice bit behind the goal, which yeah. I spent one game in there, which yeah. was pre-season. That was great fun. But to have 13,000 people on your waiting list... It'll be 9,000, I guess. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's true. I guess yeah. nine. But look how much money that they're losing out on every yeah. season. And in a league that's seen clubs splashing cash like Atlanta, splashing money left, right and centre, you need to try and get some money. And you, you need to get some of it from bums on seats. And Atlanta are doing that with their stadium. Yeah, it, It's hard not to see Portland at some point considering moving out of that downtown stadium, maybe moving to the suburbs, maybe moving out to where the airport is. Somewhere like Hillsborough or Beaverton might even make a lot of sense as well. It's on the rail line. It depends where they get their fan base from. Because if you're drawing people from the east of Portland or south of Portland, going to Beaverton or Hillsborough might kill some of your support. Yeah, it's true. And then your problem is, is you're, you want to be downtown as well because it's a great environment. Like you, you, you know, yeah. you, if you have a hotel there, if you're out from out of town, you yeah, just walk you just over. Walk. It's great. It's fantastic. And we stay a lot of the time in the hotel right opposite the stadium as yeah. well. Which is it's a fantastic one. It gets booked very quickly, of course. But yeah, so I, I don't know. I have to see them moving on at some point. Yeah. Going back to Canada, a Canadian right back, Michael Petrasso, has left Queen's Park Rangers. He's joined the Impact on a two-year deal. And maybe they use some of that time they got for the draft picks to sign him. Yeah, only 22 as well. Yeah. He's been with QPR in their academy I think for left, six years. I think he was with TFC Academy before that, but I'm not sure. He's been capped internationally by I'll Canada. I'll find that out right now. I think it's a good pickup by the impact, though. It's like, like we don't need a right back, but this is the kind of Canadian player that you kind of would hope the Whitecaps would try and attract and and get those guys and the the youth and the all that future ahead of them. And but the, and the thing is, they're going to have they have Raheem Edwards on the left side too. Yeah. So you're going to be um, Montreal are building a, a pretty good team this year. Which is maybe a little bit worrying since the Whitecaps play them in the Canadian Championship. But of course, you don't know whether they'll play their first team guys or not. Yeah, from 2010 to 2012, he was with Toronto FC Academy. So now going across the divide, joining Montreal. There was also some surprising non-club news on Thursday. Howard Webb has replaced Peter Walton as general manager of Pro. And if anyone doesn't know what PRO is, that stands for the Poor Referees Organisation. <laughs> pro, pro referees. Professional no, referees. No, it's, it's the poor. It's the professional Are referees. you sure? I'm you almost, sure they're professional? I'm sure. I, I'm not. <laughs> I really don't. Sh- I'm not sure. I mean, will, will that make any difference? He does have a wealth of experience. I mean, you've got a guy overseeing referees that has refed 
a Champions League final, a World Cup final, tons more. Lots of experience in the Premiership, wide, wide, worldwide, doing international games. That's just not going to make referees better overnight, though. But, I mean, you interviewed Peter Walton. You had a good yeah. chat with him last season. It was one of our favourite interviews that we had last year. And he came across well, but I do feel that he protect. I know he's, his job's to protect the referees, but there just was not the accountability that I felt that pros should have. Yeah. And maybe Howard Webb will add that. But Webb is very media savvy. Yeah, for sure. So we'll, we'll see what happens Who, who did uh, Peter Walton and obviously um, favoured Manchester United. Who would Howard Webb known for favouring? Probably Manchester United. Well, Doesn't everyone favour Manchester United? Finally in this section on, on MLS news this week, let's finish, finish with a, a feel-good MLS story. The league has extended its deal with Southern New Hampshire University for another three years. Now, why is that important? Well, it allows MLS players to get a degree or to finish a degree if players... Like, like correspondence? Early. Like they don't yeah, have but the, correspondence, yeah. it's all done online, a little bit like Open University in the UK. A couple of high-profile players ha- have done just that. David Oosted from the Whitecaps was doing a, a degree in business with them. Okay. Tisho Akindeli, who left university before finishing his degree... Yeah, one year, I think, he yeah, had left, he, right? he, he did his, his finished his degree and he's now doing a master's in finance. Fantastic. So I, I think it's great because you've got to be honest, the shelf life of a footballer across the world is quite slim. Yeah. And in, in North America, it's very, very precarious. It's like you, you're not guaranteeing, you're not getting a good wage in some of these clubs. So I just feel everyone should get an education behind them and I think that is a fantastic thing. So good on MLS for doing that. And I hope a lot of players take advantage of it. But we'll be back with some more news stories from the week after this. Takes me back, PM Dawn. I like the the line of that song where I wanted her to be a big PM Dawn fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that that's great. That definitely takes me back to my days out and about in Fife in the nineties. But you are back listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful British Columbia. So. We talked that Kai Kamara is in town. That's great. All these new faces. It's all these new people, Steve, for us to to ask all my food questions to. Food questions. Uh, eventually Christmas questions. No, I've even started the Christmas oh, questions. Really? Yeah, I, I started them with Kai. So Kai Kamara, take me out. Take me out! Uh, so Kai, if you were not wanting to cook at night and you're wanting to eat out, I think we all know what the answer is going to be, but what what would be your kind of food of choice or place of choice? It's a difficult one. Yeah. It's Chipotle. <laughs> now, 
Vancouver didn't really have a lot of Chipotles, but they've just added a second one. There's two in the downtown now. Was that a big selling point for you in coming to Vancouver? Did you check that out? I, I think they knew I was coming, so they <laughs> decided we have to add a couple more Chipotles. So, yeah, I'm sure there might be a couple more after that. And what is your favorite dish there? Uh, I get a, I mix it up. You know, I'm not just a one person, uh, one thing, but I get a burrito or I get a burrito bowl. I get the chicken or I get the steak or I get the beef. Um, I go spicy every time, so yeah. Excellent. Kai Kamara there. Now, what a shock. How did Chipotle. you know that Chipotle, he, he advertised a lot on his Twitter? Oh, you, you don't no. know about Kai Kamara and Chipotle? No, I haven't heard. Man, he is Chipotle crazy. Oh, is he? In Sporting KC, he sent a message out one day saying to everyone to head down to Chipotle at 6.30 and then everyone that turned up, he bought them dinner. And it was all Chipotle? Yeah, all Chipotle. He is Chipotle crazy. I think if we didn't have a Chipotle here... It might not have he happened. He would not be here. Maybe it was Ola Kamara then who would have came. Yeah. So we've got a lot more of fun things like that to come with Kai Kamara and some other people. And guacamole there from Super Furry Animals to round that segment off. Another Welsh band. We've gone Welsh band crazy today. But now it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com. Your one-stop site for news, links, all the top stories, locally, nationally and internationally. Make it part of your everyday routine, morning and night. Check bcsoccerweb.com. What caught your eye this week, Steve? Quite a bit. A lot of news. Um, I was surprised. Okay, so I'm going to really quickly go through some quick updates of previous articles we've done. Um, Chelsea is a step closer to building their new $1 billion stadium. The loophole that we talked about last week to stop uh, the right to light that people were fighting for uh, because it was going to block their daylight. Uh, they're getting it, so the it's been overturned. looks like it's getting through unless something else gets uh, raised up in, in other higher courts. Um, China is trying to rein in uh, spending. Uh, they're trying to get their World Cup success going, so they're trying to develop their domestic players. And it really, they focused in on the Tevez story we talked about last week about how... He uh, spent a year there, made $40 million, and then came back. Um, he actually had a quote as well saying his, his stay in Shanghai was a seven-month holiday. Uh, yeah. That's not something you want to hear. Um, the IFAB is heading over to Zurich for crucial talks on whether they are going to implement VAR for Russia. I, I can't believe they're even considering this, not having it. Uh, yeah, I know. They were, they were talk- I thought it was a done deal, yeah. but I guess it's still up I, It's been used in the FA Cup, and... Uh, t- to good effect there was a, a goal given that would probably not have been given if it hadn't been for VAR and it was a crucial goal yeah um, last one uh, we talked this actually about this about six months ago maybe in the summertime Chelsea has now been accused in a FIFA inquiry of breaking rules on signing of 25 minors so uh, right now it's just an accusation I guess that they're still going to probably do some rulings on it and they'll figure out what if there are going to be any penalties on there so I didn't think there was any minors left in the UK. I thought Thatcher <laughs> had got rid of them all. Um, okay, so some topical quick... 80s politics here on <laughs> AFTN. 
Some quick hits. Um, r- the referee, you talked about it last week. That, yeah. got, uh, that, uh, that, that kicked out of the player. Yeah, he actually did get suspended. Quite rightly so. Um, I I think it was a few games. I'm he not, sent the player off that he kicked as well. I know, because he, he was pissed <laughs> off that he got bowled over. Uh, but he, I, I don't think there's been a time. Um, he's basically been suspended until further notice. Um, That's the, ridiculous. He'll the, probably end up in MLS. The player, the player has asked for a ten month, ten month, uh, ten month, ten match ban uh, because of the uh, dangerous play. Uh, World R- Cup ref banned by FIFA. Um, <laughs> he's had a, he had a six month history of match fixing. Yeah. Now I don't know if every game he match fixed, but um, it basically it's Joseph Lampadi of Ghana. And he has a history of being suspended for poor for poor, poor performances, but I guess there's match fixing has been caught in there, so they're assuming some of those game poor performances were actually uh, match fixing. So yeah, that's it's ridiculous. I mean, we know it goes on. We like to think it doesn't. You just wonder how rife and widespread it is. Will we ever find out? And part of me doesn't want to find out because if it is widespread, it just it just spoils. Everything that you think about of the game. Um, thousands run for safety as Porto's game against Estoril abandoned amid stadium collapse. Um, this was a crazy story. Mm. Um, scary one as well. Yeah, you you saw the fans coming on onto the pitch itself, trying to get out of the stands, and they weren't. It wasn't a pitch invasion no. at all. And like, this was a pitch rescue. When you see that, obviously, th- thoughts like Hillsborough go through your through your head as well. Yeah. I think they heard the noises and stuff like that, and they were being warned. Um, they were told to evacuate. They were advised by, advised by local police to evacuate, basically, because they must have seen something. I don't know exactly what they saw, but it was definitely... Uh, yeah, scary, scary stuff. Um, Drew Becky, um, he was... A, a, he's, I think he's playing overseas in Europe. Um, he was out of a contract, and essentially now he's... Um, he ran into an injury, but because he was in middle of a contract, he didn't have um, the proper insurance to cover a thing. So he's he's dealing with a major injury. Um, he's he's and they started a GoFundMe page essentially for him for a goal of twenty thousand. Now in nine days they've raised seventeen thousand two hundred seventy five. So they're still about two thousand and. I don't know what my math is. About twenty five hundred, just above that, to to get to the twenty thousand goal, and that'll basically cover his um, all you know, basically his medical cover passes yeah. and and it, what his wages might be, uh, kind of help him from day to day while he's still recovering. So if you want to, you I think you tweeted out. I, t- I retweeted the the link. So so I'll tweet we'll it out re- too. Yeah, we'll and retweet then, that out. Yeah, again. Retweet that out if anybody wants to help out there. Um, never manage and didn't apply. How Phil Neville <laughs> got the number one, uh, its number one role. Like you talked about, like he had, had disparaging comments yeah, about I women's mean, he, soccer. He's, he has said things in the past not complimentary about women's soccer. Yeah, it's and a, now he looks like he is going to be the guy to lead this team into the World Cup next year in France. Yeah, it's an in-depth article, so give it a read. It's actually pretty, pretty fascinating. There, another uh, crazy appointment. Uh, uh, BBC Sport. This is surprising, actually. English Championship boasts the third biggest crowds in Europe, behind Premier League and it, it Bundesliga. It is surprising, but there's a lot of big teams that have dropped out of the, the Premiership over the years. 
And then teams that have been languishing in even League One for a while, like yeah. Leeds and Sheffield United, are, are in there. And you've got like Aston Villa and Birmingham and Nottingham Forest and Derby, all of, and Wolves. All these teams draw big, big crowds. So it makes a lot of sense. And I, I've got Dazen again, as as we've talked about previously, which. For a while, I didn't have been sports, so I missed out a lot on the championship games. I kind of watched the the Channel 5 Football League show over in the UK, so that was good. But the football's been very entertaining this year, and it's a really hard-fought promotion and relegation battle. So it's pulling the punters in, so it makes total sense to me. It's a, I love the championship in a, many, many ways a lot more than the premiership. And the thing is, you're talking about League One. League One actually ranked ninth. Um, yeah. In the Europe, so that and that's but that's surprising about championship because it's still it's higher above La Liga, yeah. Syria. So it's it, it's a it's a surprising thing. It's good for them oh, that they're able to do if it. If we're talking about League One, well done to Wimbledon, yeah. beating Blackpool three now at the weekend and getting themselves out of the relegation zone for now. Um, FIFA is actually sending a, a certain whistleblower who kind of blew the whistle on Russia for the Olympic scandal, and they're sending him questions. Of, uh, about doping in Russian soccer, uh, something that they cleared Russia of earlier, hmm. and now they're actually uh, they're conducting yeah. an, uh, more additional reviews. So we'll see if that has anything to do with anything, and whether it will affect the World Cup or it's maybe something that comes out later on. Uh, another article that was came out actually from Forbes, uh, clarifying, clarifying investment of five hundred million in the new Korean Premier League. And spitballing budget numbers is basically that's over ten years. That yeah, over, over ten yeah. years, yes, over ten years. So it's in, uh, it's a Bobby, Bobby McMahon, and um, it, it basically it, it talks about what they're going to be investing and what they're looking to, uh, and you know the budget and everything. And even Eleven um, uh, Ca has an article: organic team identities, team contract options, and single table. What? Canadian Premier League can learn from MLS. Well, I mean, we all know what we want to see in the CPL. We all know what we don't want to see. Although I guess we're maybe splitting what we don't want to see. Like, I I want to see proper football clubs. I don't want to see franchises. I don't want to see single entity. It's just terrible. I I want to see promotion relegation. All this might take time. Some of it can definitely be implemented right away. As we mentioned last week, we hope to be sitting down with David Klanick and quite soon have a chat with him. So we'll put those issues to him. And if there's anything you want us to ask, shoot us a message on Twitter at AFT in Canada or an email at AFT in Canada at hotmail.com. And, um, uh, and then another article, this is concerning MLS and their U.S. soccer presidential vote. MLS has been approved for 14% of the U.S. soccer presidential vote, like they'll have fourteen percent of the votes when it comes to that, and that was. And it, however, it's just speculation. It's by Jeff Carlisle, but he's kind of in the know, so he he knows a yeah, lot of what's going on. His stuff's usually pretty spot on. Yeah, he usually breaks a lot of trades and transfers. So um, it'll be interesting to see uh, how people react to that when they find out that the league has a uh, say in who runs the uh, U.S. soccer. Um, and then a couple of thing, more things from Canada. Uh, there was uh, Nick Ledgerwood, former Canadian international. Um, the, uh, it was from 11.ca. He's talking about Ledgerwood moving, making the move south to the Calgary foothills. And obviously Ledgerwood is from Edmonton, so that's why they're saying south. South, yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. He's going to be a coach player 
for yeah, he, the he'll be coming to face TSS Rovers. So get your tickets. Get your tickets now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they'll do what the Whitecaps do. They'll be like bigging him up, going, hey, come see former legend Nick Ledgerwood. Yeah. Um, we talked about the MLS draft. The NWSL draft had had their own draft. Yeah, the day before. Yeah, and things kind of got a little bit. I don't. I don't like that they did it the day before because I didn't feel they got any publicity at all for yeah, it. Yeah, and then it gets washed away the next yeah. day too. But uh, a well, Canadian- it was like the USL announcing their schedule the day of the draft, just after yeah. the draft. It just got no traction. Exactly. You got to you got to time this stuff out and do it on a Bizarre. Friday too. Yeah. Um, but in the NWSL draft, uh, Rebecca Quinn, Canadian international. Good old Quinny. Uh, went third overall, and she's the highest ever taken, uh, Canadian taken. And it's funny, too, because um, I think it was Washington that uh, that picked her. And in order to acquire that draft pick, they traded Canadian international Lindsay Agnew to Houston Dash So earlier in the week. So interesting there. Final story, and this is one that we talked about earlier. We speculated on it, but finally somebody in uh, at a higher level has talked about this. Sneil Galati says global perceptions of the U.S. could hit 2026 World Cup bid. Yeah. And this is I obviously... I said that last week, that it's not a foregone conclusion. And this really hit the head last week because of the fact that uh, a certain president of the U.S. called countries in Africa, uh, in the Caribbean, in CONCACAF, Shitholes. Oh, I was going to say assholes, but if you, yeah, shitholes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just call it as it is. Yeah. So, and it's it's amazing that this has actually come out. But the thing is, twenty twenty six, he's not going to be in power unless he's turned. No, in. As I keep saying, Ivanka will be, <laughs> and then Baron after that, <laughs> it'll be a, a dynasty. Yes, a dynasty. it's going to be like Kim Jong Un. It's just going to be carrying them all on. Yeah. So but yeah, I, I think it's going to take a lot. For the US to lose it because, or should I say US, Canada, Mexico. Yeah. Because as we talked about last week, Me- Mo- Morocco haven't even announced host cities or anything. Yeah, still. They've released a two-sentence bid. And, th- and that was last week. You yeah. think they maybe do something this week, but they still haven't done anything. Yeah, it's- but there's going to be a lot of people that don't want the US to have it. And then Canada and Mexico is going to lose out because of that. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But again, I'm disappointed again, Steve. You've you've missed two of the biggest stories of the week there. Oh, let us know what it is. One from Scotland. Okay. That's probably why I missed it. Darkest day. One of the darkest days, but probably the darkest day uh, in East Fife history. 114 years we have never lost to a non-league football team in the Scottish Cup. Oh. We lost at home 1-0 to Brewer Rangers on Saturday. See, you're saying I missed it, but it was actually BC Soccer Web that probably missed it. <laughs> I think it probably <laughs> for a good reason. missed it. If you were on my Facebook feed, though, I had some really depressed friends out <laughs> in Methyl that had been at that game, and they're all like, I'm not going back. That's it. That's the final straw for me. <laughs> but a favourite story, possibly, for me. Middlesbrough were playing Queen's Park Rangers. So we talked about Queen's Park Rangers area yeah, yeah. earlier. And the, the Queen's Park Rangers keeper's water bottle had been tampered with. Is it similar to the Japanese um, the speed kayaker or whatever that put steroids in the... the, the his... A lot worse. Oh, wow. So there had been a... Middlesbrough won the game 3-0. So there had been a pitch invasion. And one of the fans took the QPR keeper's water, water bottle. bottle. yeah. And, and then he threw it back later. Oh, but he deposited he it? Yeah, I figured. Yeah. A story before that, like keeping with the North East theme, a couple of weeks ago, a Sunderland fan actually got kicked out of his game because he had defecated on his seat. 
not in protest, he was just drunk, but <laughs> ah, the crazy northeast football fans of England. <laughs> Maybe that's why John Herdman's over here, just Probably. want to get away from all that. Yeah. But yes, yeah, some, some good stories there. Check out them and a lot more on bcsoccerweb.com. But that is it for this episode of the AFTN Soccer Show. Thank you for being with us. Just before you go, let everyone know where they can find you online, Steve. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Follow us on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. And read all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. Busy week at pre-season coming up. I'll be sitting down with Carl Robinson this week for our annual lengthy chat with him. So we might bring that next Sunday. We might bring it out as a special midweek podcast. Not sure how that's going to go yet. But we've got a lot of stuff coming up from pre-season this week and in the coming weeks as well. So check all that stuff out. I'm also the Whitecaps beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com. So check out my stuff on there as well. And if you've enjoyed the podcast or if you do enjoy the podcast, leave us a nice review on iTunes because that would be always good to have as well. But as always, thanks for listening. Take care. And until next time, mon the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Ten minutes left. Yeah,